How you doing, Rock family? How you doing, Rock family? Happy Sunday. Uh, Pastor Miles here. I'm Miles McPherson, Pastor of the Rock Church. Welcome to Sunday, the week after Valentine's. We have a special, special interview panel discussion today about being Christian and single. We'll continue our series called Love Is. Last week we talked about being married. Next week we're going to talk about parenting. But today we are going to talk about being single. Obviously, I'm not single, so we got some experts to talk about it. I'm so excited. But before we do that, let's get on our knees and pray so we can get our hearts right. Let's get on our knees and pray. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited. I pray that this uh, discussion we're going to have is going to be liberating and encouraging and set people free from some lies that the devil's been uh, telling you about your value, that God loves you, that you are awesome. You're awesome. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much that every single one of us was made in your image and that you love every single one of us and that you have an amazing, amazing plan for every single one of us. And I pray that our life's situations, our relationship situation would not blind us from the incredible miracles you have in our life. So I pray even right now, before we even start, that you would start to take the scales off people's eyes, that they would see the amazing plan and love you have for every single one of us and set us free, set people free that they would see themselves as loved and valued by you. And that you would fill their heart with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's go. Let's go. We got some great people to introduce to you. Rock Church family, what's happening? How you doing, everybody? I'm Miles McPherson, and welcome again to The Rock. Um, we have a great panel discussion. We're in this series called Love Is... And we've been talking about what is, it, what is love in marriage, what is love in parenting. That's going to be next week. But today we're going to talk about what is love in being single. And in the church, being single, and even outside the church, there are some positive and negative stigmas about being single. So we're going to talk about that. Obviously, God has nothing but love for single people and a great plan. But we want you to hear from singles. I've been married 36 years, so I am disqualified. Uh, but these great qualified people you're going to hear from, they're not necessarily experts, they're just expert in their own life. And so hopefully what they're going to say is going to encourage you. But before I start, let me uh, introduce them to you and let you hear from them to say hello. Start with you, Suzanne. All right. Yeah, my name is Susanna Fleming. I am originally from Idaho and actually just moved here four months ago to San Diego. So I'm pretty new, but I love it so far. And yeah, I've grown up in the church. I... Studied theology and communication, love theology, ran track in college, avid runner. Great, great. You can hear more about her story. Susanna, Susanna, Bobana, my man. I'm sure you heard that before. Right? Yes, a lot. <laughs> and I Israel. am Israel Isaac, uh, born and raised in Bronx, New York. Uh, I've been uh, doing music for about 13 years now, so music directing, leading worship in church. Uh, I've been here in San Diego for about a year now, leading worship at The Rock, music directing. So, Is Israel. Isaac. Yeah. Well, my, my first name is actually Joel. My full name is Joel Israel Jacob Isaac. So you, you, your parents just said Bible, uh, my, Bible, 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 <laughs> Bible. Let's just name you four books it. of the Bible. <laughs> okay. My father was about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Elliot. How you doing? How you doing, Rock Family? My name is Elliot. Um, I am a military, military brat, so I grew up in various different places. Um, lived most of my life in San Marcos. So that's where I started high school, went to college at Cal State San Marcos. Um, graduated with a degree in economics, and I currently still live in San Marcos. Um, 
you know, I work for the Department of Defense and contracting, and I've been coming to The Rock for seven years now. So cool. seven years. You, you, and you got a great story. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bren, <laughs> now I, I, have to, I have to qualify. I've known, how old were you when we met? Um, probably, let's see, in the 80s, in the early 80s, I was probably like 11, 12, 13. 12 years old. Mm -hmm. that, that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You look the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel it. <laughs> Well, my story is I am the youngest of seven kids, and we grew up in National City, one of the first Filipino families that were there, very musical family, so everyone in my family plays, sings, um, and plays at least one instrument, so our, our uh, family get-togethers are wonderful. I miss that, especially during this quarantine time. Um, my story is uh, my husband and I met when we were 13 and 15, and I mean, we weren't husband and wife at that we're time. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into yeah, later, that. Yeah, a little later, yeah. But okay. uh, yeah, we, uh, we went our separate ways. We met, we married when we were 25 and 27. Wow. And uh, so that's part of my story. Good, good. Yes, uh, Bren has seven brothers. Are you, you're the youngest of I'm seven? I'm the youngest. Five brothers and so one sister. Five brothers, one sister, and they had a band, and back in the 80s, we used to do uh, worship together, and she was, well, they did worship, I spoke. <laughs> and she was a little kid running around, and now I'm not going to say how old you are, but that was uh, a little while. How, how old is your oldest? 32. 32. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 32. Um, I want to read something to you because it's so important that we understand that the Bible applies to all kinds of single, married, divorce, whatever. God's word applies to you. And here's, here's a verse that God gave me for this conversation that's very important for all you single people because a lot, I talk to a lot of singles and there's so many lies that the devil puts in your head about you're not wanted, there's something wrong with you, you know, you, you're never going to be married, never going to be happy, and you see all these other people with relationships, what's wrong with me? And here's something that God says. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and by the way, one of the things we want to do is shine a light on the lies. And so we don't want to just, you know, just say everything's going to be fine or everything is fine um, and there's no negative. The devil is always putting negative. If you're, if you're single, he's putting negative in your head. If you're married, he's going to put negative in your head. Exactly. You got stuck with the wrong person. I mean, no matter where you're at, the devil's going to put negative in your head. Yeah. And so it's very important to take those lies out and expose them to the light of the word. Amen. Here's what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. Israel, Joel, David, Mark, a little bit. <laughs> John Jacob. <laughs> John Jacob, Ricky and Mike. <laughs> For we are his workmanship. This is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, every single one of these four single people and every single one of these single people, guess what the Bible says about you and me? that you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, that God designed you for something very specific for you to walk in. And, and if you can stay focused on that, God's going to do amazing things in your life. So, Susanna, we're going to start with you. Susanna, Susanna, tell, tell, us, tell us about growing up in Idaho and your life, how you were before you met Christ, and then what happened after. Okay, yeah. So, um, I grew up with pastors for parents, and so... I actually met Jesus when I was very little, like three years old, but it was really real for me. And um, so I've been walking with the Lord for like several years now, and I had a really good upbringing. I had amazing parents that really coached me how to live a faithful Christian life. So, so when you were three? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, it was, 
I was in the back of the sanctuary. I think my dad was preaching. It wasn't in Sunday school or anything. I just, I had a moment where I heard the Lord speak to me and I said yes. So. Do you feel that you walk with God ever since or did you kind of have a, a, a PK moment, parent-kid moment <laughs> <laughs> that you just kind of said, I don't want to do this anymore? I actually didn't have a PK moment, but I had a moment um, after college where I was more like, I was asking big questions. And so I had to wrestle through a lot of like my belief system. Yeah. Um, so I went through that later on in life and that was pretty intense, but I'm grateful for it because it made me very sure of what I believe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> <laughs> T- tell us about your life leading up to when you a- asked Christ into your life. Uh, yeah. So uh, I was born into the church on the pews. I was a pew baby. Okay. Uh, my, my uncle's church. Uh, he's, we were Pentecostal, so Holy Ghost filled. And uh, I feel like uh, ever since I was since I was young, my dad was just like telling us scripture, telling us the word, and and building us in uh, the, building us in Christ. But um, for myself, I felt like uh, I needed to go after what that was for me because at home I saw like a completely different side. There was chaos and mayhem and I was like, okay, so I'm going to church like three, th- my parents have me in church like three times a week uh, and I'm hearing about and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what God is doing in other people's lives. But when I go home, why doesn't my life look like that? You know, right. why doesn't my, my personal life look like that? And so um, I think when I was about five was the first time I experienced like the presence of, of God. And Five? Five years old. Wow. Yeah, and, I, and I, I started asking myself very big questions very, very young. Um, and God had allowed me to see so much at a young age. And so from uh, what I was experiencing at home to like what uh, I knew my life was supposed to look like, that's when uh, transformation began to happen. I was like, this is what I'm going to go after. Like Jesus is um, the one to transform my life, you know, regardless of the circumstances that I'm seeing within, within family, within wow. the situation or circumstances that I was faced with. There are probably a lot of people listening to y'all thinking, man, I wish I would have had God that young. Because I, 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 I didn't have a God experience. I was 24, well, 19, and then 24, I fell away. But I was, had already been through some stuff. <laughs> that's, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. How, now tell us about your life up until you met Christ. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, well, my life started not in the church. Um, I actually was Muslim starting off. So my dad, he served in the Marine Corps for 20 years, uh, but he met my mom in Morocco as an embassy guard. And, you know, they fell in love. And part of the, the plan to get married was for him to convert to Islam, which he did. Um, but shortly after, after doing the pilgrimage to Mecca and, and doing a lot of the religious things of Islam, he realized that he needed to renew his faith back in Christ. So they're still married today, um, but there's two faiths in the household. My mom's still Muslim and my dad is Christian. So growing up, um, you know, there was that divide as far as what do I believe. So uh, it wasn't until I was about 14 years old um, that I decided, I said, I just want to know the truth. So I noticed my dad was always going to church every Sunday by himself, um, and I wanted to know why. So I asked him, can I go with you? And I did, um, and I went to Bayview Baptist Church. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Pastor Winters. Yeah, Pastor Winters. Yeah, yeah. he was amazing. Um, And I gave my life to Christ the first day. Um, But after that, I, you know, I sort of treated my relationship with God as a religion. I went to church, you know, it was the day, it was a time where I can have fellowship with my dad. You know, we would get haircuts, eat breakfast, um, but I surely fell away after my rest of my time in high school and going into college, lived a college life. Um, but it wasn't until um, I had a near-death experience, I'd say, where God spoke to me clear as day, letting me know that, 
you know, whatever I was doing that, you know, me and my friends were supposed to die in a car accident. And Whoa. he showed me things that were going to come. And he told me that I had to tell my story to any, everyone, whether they believe you, whether you're not, you tell them anyway. And, and I was like, tell them what? And he said, you'll see. And he showed some amazing miracles. And from that moment, January 18, 2014, is when I switched and I realized I need to have a relationship with Christ, relationship with Jesus. So from then on, I've sought the Lord and I've seen him well, just reveal himself. Was it January 18th day? The day he saved your life? Yes. What happened? Tell us real quick what happened. It's, it's, no, a, all like, what it's happened? a long story, but long story short. So we were in a car and, and I fell asleep and I, I woke up to the person driving, driving at like 100 something miles per hour, maybe 115. And I quickly shook his shoulder and I said, what, what, what are you doing? Like, why are you driving so fast? And I saw other sports cars. We were in a Camaro and I saw other sports cars and they were weaving in and out. And he said, oh, we're just doing some weaving thing. I don't know. I don't know cars like that. But I said, don't kill me. And as soon as I was going back in my seat to go back to sleep, I, I think I heard him say, tell him again he's not listening. And I tried to ignore it because I didn't want to be the party pooper. And I fell back asleep. And I woke up. And then I felt like I was dead. Like I felt like I was out of my body. And I heard God say, you know, Elliot, this is God talking to you. You know, you're all supposed to die in a car accident. But I'm going to essentially save all of you. And, and I thought I was just hearing it in my head. I ignored it. He said, no, I'm going to prove to you that I'm talking to you. He said, I know everything's going to happen in the near future. Near future. I know everything's going to happen in your life. I know, for example, right now, you're going to get a text message from your girlfriend. And at the time, I was dating this one girl. And I looked at my phone, and sure enough, boom, I got a text message. And it was a good morning text. And again, this is where I say there's no coincidence, because I said, oh, it's just a coincidence. She just texted me good morning. Um, but he said, no. You thought that was a coincidence? You're going to get another text message from your friend Tim. Tim is the reason why I actually come to The Rock. He was a, a, a long uh, rock member. I said, okay, if I get a text message from him, that's going to be really outrageous. Sure enough, open my phone, no message. I said, okay, that's what I thought. I'm putting it away. Notification, open it up, it's Tim. And mm. I tell him, I think God's talking to me. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and he sends me a, a devotional. And it was talking about exactly what was going on. Um, it was talking about surrounding yourself with the right people, yeah. um, living for him. And I just started crying. And, wow. and then shortly after that, even more miracles. I don't know if there's time. Yeah, no, but, yeah. That's yeah, cool. It's That's cool. Crazy. So. That's cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Brent, I mean, your, your, your life right up to accepted Christ. Sure. So again, growing up in a Christian home, uh, my parents were very active in the church. We grew up in the Methodist church and in National City. And uh, my dad served in ministry. He was in the choir. And uh, my mom was a teacher. And so uh, every Sunday we were there at church, sitting in the pew, mm -hmm. doing the Bible readings and singing along. And, um, you know, fell away my teen years ended up having a teenage pregnancy and had my daughter when I was 16 and a half, uh, three months before I turned 17, just three days away from taking my senior picture. <laughs> so it was pretty crazy. Um, but years, fa uh, fast forward, um, rededicated my life in 1999 with my husband and um, you were the one that baptized us. So that was really awesome. So Susanna, tell us about um, your dating life. <laughs> you know, you're single, obviously all of y'all are single. Tell us about what that's been like for you and what, how God has used that in your life to bring you closer to him. Because the world, you know, people always look at that as sometimes a negative. At some point I got to find somebody and I'm sure we all go through that. Tell us about your journey with that. Yeah. So, I mean, since I grew up in the church, um, I grew up with 
a lot of the narrative of marriage being like the epitome of human relationship and what it looks like to, you know, fully be in connection with somebody. And I went to a Ring by Spring University, so that was a huge thing for me of just everybody trying to get married really fast. Um, But honestly, I've always had a really deep sense of contentment with being single, and I think it's because, uh, one, my parents always really encouraged me to go after things. So I've always had goals, always been goal-oriented, but also I've always been surrounded by really rich community. Um, And I think for me, just recognizing that when I'm in seasons with community, I um, am sharpened by the people that I'm with. I'm supported, all of that stuff. And seasons where I've really felt the weight of singleness have been when I was lonely because I wasn't in rich community. Mm -hmm. So that's been big for me. But I think, um, you know, I obviously, I've started to really desire that in my life over the last couple of years. But I think I just always understood that every season has its gifts and every season has its cross. And I just have never believed that marriage, the the cross of marriage was any less than the cross of singleness. I, I think Jesus is discipling us through all of it. And so I've really leaned into that. Sometimes practically that's hard, but um, I believe it. So, Well, a couple of things you said. One, and the last thing, Jesus, Jesus was single. Which people, right. A lot of times we forget that, right? He never got married. Um, you said the, the cross and the, and the blessing, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cross and the blessing of being single. Um, you, what helped you, this is what you said, what helped you was having a good community. Yes. There are people out there who explain what that means to them because either they don't have one or they don't even know what that means. They have a lot of friends, but they don't know how. How can my friends fill? Obviously, they can't fill that void. My friends don't fill the void that my wife fills, right? But it does help if you're single to have people in your life. Talk about the qualities of your community that has helped you. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, one thing just to start is that I think Um, the culture that we're surrounded by is so hyper-individualistic and very focused on the self. And so um, if we look at that as a model and we're not discipled by the church and what rich community looks like, it can be really hard for us to live out the vision of singleness. Um, So, you know, for me, I think that it it goes beyond just hanging out on a weekend or texting what's up. It is real accountability. And it's so easy um, in in a world where we focus on marriage and the church to think, oh, I'm not married. I don't need to have that kind of accountability in my life. That's for later. But I have friends in my life that I'm deeply accountable to, not just for the things that I may be doing wrong, but I'm sharing, I'm vulnerable with them. I'm sharing what I'm going through, what I'm excited about. We celebrate with each other and that kind of thing. And so... Um, I've been really blessed to see that modeled, and it takes a lot of hard work and intentionality. I imagine, similar to how a marriage takes hard work and intentionality, very different, obviously. But mm-hmm. we can't just use the excuse of, oh, I'm not married, I'm not going to have that, that intimacy with other people. Mm-hmm. And intimacy, a lot of times people think of intimacy is physical, but it's actually emotional, sharing your innermost self. Matthew, Mark, <laughs> Joel, Mike. So, Joel, Micah, Isaac, Israel? Joel, Israel, Jacob, Isaac. But I go by my middle name, Israel. Okay, 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 yes. okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I go by Ray Ray. Believe- okay. <laughs> okay. I, I believe it's, it's such a powerful thing uh, to know thyself. And, and um, when you get to a point in your life where uh, you can differentiate things that are for you and not for you. And so... Um, Say that again, uh, when you because can, a lot of people yeah. right now are going to go, they be, they're out there doing this right now. Okay. <laughs> when you can dif- differentiate what is for you and not for you. And so uh, um, 
I know for my life, like, say I um, can eat carrots, but you can't. Like, there's differences within our lives. Like, I'm not going to go give you carrots knowing that you can't right. have carrots. And so, um, so for my life, I, I have chosen singleness. And I know that, like, for, uh, for me, like, I've, I've chosen singleness. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a benefit for me because I've been able to drive home, like, my purpose and what, what God has, ha- has for my life. I think when, um, you know, seeing the, the, the relationships and seeing people that are, you know, out there, like, together with other people, yeah, it can be discouraging at times, but, like, when you focus on, like, what God has specifically purposed you for and what's good for you in your life, then you can succeed past, like, you know, what you see or lies or the enemy telling you that you're supposed to be or doing this or a part of that or taking in that because not every single thing that you think is for you is for you. That, that's pretty deep. How old are you? 24. That's pretty deep. Okay, so you had a word. Sorry, where to be? <laughs> Tell us the word. Love is it, yeah, so, love, <laughs> love. Love is boundaries. Um, boundaries. And I believe that when you uh, care for someone, when you love someone, that uh, you want the best for them, and you want to see the best come out of them. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to put yourself in situations that do not bring the best out of you or the people that you love. And so, um, uh, what, this is why why we have boundaries. There's like safety in boundaries. There's, there's safety in like okay, don't touch that. Okay, this this is good for you. This is for you. This is not for you. So boundaries like keeps us safe. This it's it, it's within love. So you chose, which is there aren't a lot of a lot of young people that have chosen that path. Mm-hmm. At least for now. I mean, yeah, God can always now. change, but yeah, for, now. for now. And, and what's cool about that is that even if it is, you know, for however long, you're saying this is my focus. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on what God has for me, and I'm not going to allow that to distract me. Mm-hmm. And it obviously takes discipline. Um, and, and by the way, as a, a married person, I had to have boundaries too. Yes, I have to say, yes. this is all, there's no, 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 more, yes. uh, no more of those. This is just this one. So it's, it's, it's a similar thing. Obviously, it's different because I have somebody. But for you to say that, then you, you've cut off and at least told your heart, don't desire that because that's not for you now. I had to realize that relationships have been a distraction in the past. Right. When you know what doesn't work for you, why do you continue the cycles? Like, there's Say that again. <laughs> you know. When you know that something does not work for you, why do you continue the cycles? And so right. uh, to be able to put my heart on, on hold in that, that arena right. um, and allow God to, one, like work on self and, and show me more of what um, I'm supposed to do in this earth, like, right. it allows me to then right. like, be as productive, be as disciplined, be as like, significant, live a significant life and, and be as successful wow. as I am. You just set a whole bunch of people free because a lot of people think, me, I, don't, I can actually choose this, at least for now. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's pretty good. Yeah. Elliot, t- tell us the one nugget you've learned about being single. A lot of people out there going, tell me something that can liberate me. Liberate you. Well, I, I think singleness is an opportunity. You know, as mentioned before, I, I don't believe too much in coincidences. I think you can learn a lot from people and from past relationships that probably didn't work out. You know, you learn a lot about your likes and dislikes, but more importantly, you learn um, about how you, what, what you need, what you need. I really love, love what, what Joel said here. Um, but singleness is an opportunity, as mentioned. It's an opportunity to get closer to God because I believe in, in our age, we're, or at least for me, we're dating with intention. We, we want to be a man of God for, for the woman that God will bring to you. And for you to best do that, you got to be connected with God. So, and I believe God will reveal what it is you need, what it is that um, you can provide for mm-hmm. a woman, um, and ultimately to let you guys grow together in Christ. Um, so 
I, I do believe it's an opportunity. And just a nugget I would say is, um, from what I've learned, is that love is unconditional. Um, you know, we see it all through the Bible that, you know, God's unconditional love for man, despite man constantly turning away, um, constantly breaking covenants with God, um, he still exercised his love and he was faithful to himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what we need to bring in our relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing you need to do for me. I mean, of course, you know, you want to have someone on the same wi- wavelength to be equally yoked, but um, love is unconditional. Mm-hmm. Um, do I, can I love you um, despite anything you, you, you mm-hmm. do for me? So, cool. yeah. Okay, Bren, you, you have the last word here. You met your husband when you were 13. 13 and 15, yep. Now you're single, so tell us that story. So um, my husband and I were married for almost 17 years, and he was a worship pastor and loved to lead with his people, God's people in worship. And he carried a weight and a burden that nobody really knew about, including myself and my kids. Um, he took his life when he was 42. And so having a choice, you know, that's when I was a kid and we would talk on the phone and he would sing to me over the phone. And, you know, when you're, when you're young, you think, oh, I can't wait to get married and have kids and have a family. I never thought that I would eventually be there and one day not have my husband. So a single for me, being single at first was not a choice because I didn't have a say. You know, my husband was weighted and felt that this temporary, his temporary issues could be solved by uh, a permanent solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it's done for me is drawn myself and my family closer to Christ. So singleness now for me is a choice because I know, um, I know that God has big plans for me, but I also know that um, in the midst of, of wanting to have this this share love and and enjoy companionship with someone, Christ has a purpose for me. I was so tied to being a pastor's wife and, you know, who was Brent? Who was Brenda? What did I do? And so now I see that my purpose is to encourage other people, other women who are going through a loss or anyone who's going through a different time, difficult time to just persevere because God has big plans. He created each of us for reasons we don't know of yet. We may not even be stepping into that, but if we continue, continue, continually press into and pray to him for wisdom and seek godly counsel, I believe that he will bring, put people on our path just like he's put me on people's paths yeah. to help walk difficult journeys. Yeah. Uh, I, I've known her husband as well, for, um, and it's been five years. Uh, yes, five this, years. This month, so uh, we've been praying for you and love you and appreciate you. Thank you. Um, I want to say something to all the singles um, as we wrap up. You know, whenever you hear they're going to do a service on singles, you might think, is there going to be a silver bullet, some magical thing I'm going to hear that's going to fix everything for me or make me feel better or, or, or get me a man or a woe a wo man. And probably not, probably not. You know, I've been married for 36 years. It'll be 37 years in September. Um, there is no formula to getting the right person. There's no formula to getting a person, especially the right person. Um, and the one thing, the common thread, whether you're single, married, or you, you're widower, widow, um, um, is that you got to obey God. That we're all on a journey, and that journey will have its challenges no matter whether you're single or married. Um, 
And unless you learn how to fight those, those challenges, be obedient to God, be faithful to God, that is the one thing that no matter what happens, you are going to have to learn. And so my encouragement to you is hopefully something was said here today is encouragement to you. I can tell you when I met my wife, she was not looking for a boyfriend. She had just broke up with a boyfriend. She didn't want to talk to any guy. And her friend had seen me and was like, oh, there he is, there he is. She's like, I don't want to see that fool. You know, and, and somehow I went over to her. Well, not somehow, I just went over to her. And we started talking. But it, it was not when she was expecting it. And it's a lot of times when you're planning and, and, and trying to orchestrate everything, be faithful, you know, take care of yourself. Be faithful to pursue what God has for you. And if you pursue what God has for you, ironically, you're probably going to meet somebody at the, when you least expect it, when you're in the store with your hair curlers in, your makeup thing is all jacked up and your breath stank, and you're going to be like, oh, and then God's going to bring that person to you. And you'll be like, because it's God's got to be God's thing. It's got to be God's thing. So I want to pray for you because uh, I know this is heavy on a lot of people's hearts, and I want to pray that God would guide you on the right path to just walk with him and trust him um, and that you will find happiness in your relationship with Christ. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. And Lord, I know a lot of people who, they think if they get that man, that woman, they're going to be happy. I know that relationships do bring happiness. There's no doubt. And I know having somebody in your life is a blessing, no doubt. But it's not the silver bullet. People don't complete people. God does. And so I want to lead you in a prayer of commitment that you would surrender your burden to Jesus. That you would release the pressure that the devil and the society's putting on you to have to have somebody on your arm. That you would release it to God. And let him take care of it. Let him guide you through this journey. Just pray in your heart, dear God, I surrender my burden to you. I trust that you love me. I trust that you will fulfill this void in the way you choose. And I want to have more patience and faith and discipline to pursue the life you have given me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Listen, next week we are going to be talking about love and parenting. So God bless you. We'll see you next week. And uh, we'll be praying for you.